our pride reveals itself in conflicting desires. You know, when my desires conflict with your desires, my wants conflict with your wants, there's going to be a fight. Pride not only causes conflict with people, but it causes conflict with God. When we get peace inside with God, then you will have peace with others on the outside. I have found in my own life that when I mess up and when I say something wrong and I say I was wrong, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? I don't go down in the eyes of my family, I go up. Because the cause of arguments is pride, but the cure is humility. And a little humility goes a long, long way. Well, good morning. Take out your Bibles this morning. Turn to the book of James. James chapter 4. We'll be picking up our study in verse 11 and 12 today. How many of y'all could use some good news this morning to warm your heart and warm yourselves up? A couple of good news. First of all, I know we already celebrated this, but we should not take for granted. We had 20 people baptized last Sunday. Can we just celebrate that again and praise God for that? That's amazing. Well, we, we usually do our baptisms about every six to eight weeks, and the last three baptisms, we've averaged right around 20 people on each one of them, and we were talking in our planning meeting uh, this week, we may need to start baptizing every month just to accommodate everybody. Isn't that a great problem to have church that many people want to get baptized? We praise God for that, what God's doing here, working in people's lives. Another bit of good news, I know I shared with you guys several weeks ago that Orchard Church uh, unanimously voted at our business meeting to purchase the 38 acres of land next door to Prairie View High School, and uh, we have an official closing date of December 4th at 10 a.m., so can we uh, praise God for that? Just keep that as a, uh, a matter of prayer. Everything looks really good and falling into place, and so we're super excited about that opportunity that God has given us. Well, today we are continuing our series called How Faith Works as we're taking this verse-by-verse journey through the book of James. And uh, a lot of people have mentioned how much they're loving this study because James is so practical. And the last several weeks, he's really been helping us with our relationships um, through this study. We've talked about how to manage our mouth so that doesn't get us in trouble in our relationships. We talked one week about how to relate wisely with others, making wise decisions that help and don't hurt our relationships. Last week, we talked about how to avoid arguments. And I already had some people this week say, man, I applied some of those things last week and things were much more peaceful. Well, today we're going to have talk about something else that's going to help our relationships. But I want to just warn you right now, today is a little heavy. We're only going to be looking at two verses in James, verse 11 and 12, but it's a little heavy today. Because there is one thing that you and I probably deal with more that can hurt our relationships than anything else. And it's very subtle, and it can catch us by surprise. Uh, Jesus attacked this sin more severely, more often, and more directly maybe than any other sin in the Scriptures. Yet it's one of the most justified and accepted sins and problems in the world today. And you can, you can find this sin among all kinds of people, every type of people, religious people, uh, non-religious people. Uh, you can find this sin among politicians, prostitutes, pastors, and policemen. Everybody deals with it. It's in, it's in every culture. It's in every age. Uh, it, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're educated or uneducated, if you're honest, you're going to deal with this sin more than any other sin. You're like, well, what is it? It's the sin of judging other people. It's the sin of judging. That we can fall into the trap of judging other people and it catches us off guard all the time. Um, I always you know, tell my wife what my message is and you know, tell her ideas and things I'm talking about. And she knew I was doing this message about 
judging and how to stop judging people. And uh, I was telling her that, and then we were uh, in our room, and, and we have kind of a walk-in closet. She has her clothes, you know, on one side, well, really like three-fourths of the place. And then I've got my clothes on the other quarter. And, and, and we, we try to keep our closet pretty organized and well-kept, and, and sometimes it gets out of hand. And she went in the closet, and she said, wow, she said, uh, your side of the closet's getting a little look messy, a little crazy. And I go, I know, I know, I'm going to get to it. It's driving me crazy too. And then she goes, but I'm not judging. She didn't want to make it into an illustration this morning. She's like, I'm not judging. Look at what James says about this. In James chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, these two verses we're going to look at today. He said, do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and, say it, judges his brother, speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but you're a what? You're a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who are you to judge another? And the real problem, James says here, is when we're judging other people, we're playing God. And we're going to talk today about how to stop playing God, but stop judging other people. This word judge here comes from the Greek word krino. If you're taking notes, hope you take some notes on the back of your newsletter this morning. It means to pronounce an opinion concerning right and wrong. In other words, it's not something clear in Scripture. It's just an opinion that we have. It leads to fault-finding and criticizing and being critical and jumping to conclusions and putting people down and acting as though we're better than someone else. Now, let me make it very clear here. We're talking about this subject of judging. James is not saying that we shouldn't call sin, sin. Amen? I mean, when the Bible is clear and calls something sin, we should agree with the Bible that it's sin. But we're talking about opinions. You know, we say all the time, we hate the sin, but we should love the sinner. James, notice what he says here in verse 11. We're not to speak evil of our brethren. We're not to speak evil of other people. To speak evil means to slander or to, to defame someone's reputation or their, their character based on our opinions. Uh, one of the commentators that I really like to read is John MacArthur, and he said this about this passage. He said, James here is condemning careless, derogatory, critical, slanderous accusations against other people. That's what we're talking about today. So I want us to answer four questions so we can stop playing God and stop judging people and falling into this sin that can catch us off guard. Four questions today. Why do we like to judge other people? Why should we not judge other people? When is it wrong, according to Scripture, to judge other people? And then most importantly, how do I break the habit of judging? Now, we do verse-by-verse verse teaching here at Orchard Church. Most of the time, we're going through a book of, Bible, book of the Bible, verse-by-verse. Verse, and a lot of Bible scholars call that expositional teaching. You know, other churches, they, they do topical, and they go get scriptures, and we do that from time to time as well. Today, we're going to do a little bit of expositional and topical, so this is topositional. I came up with a new word. This is a topositional message. We're going to look at these two verses, but we're going to look at a lot of other verses that I'm going to put on the screen, and I've given you the references that talk about judging. First question we want to answer is this. Why do we like to judge others? There are two reasons. I think one reason we like to judge others, the scripture says, is to excuse our own faults. We like to pick out faults in other people to try to excuse our faults. Paul said in Romans chapter 2, verse 3, Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment? When you do what? You do the same thing. He says, you know, we accuse others thinking that it's going to excuse us. You know, it's easy to look at other people and judge them and be critical of them and go, Well, I'm not that bad. You know, I don't do the things that they do. I go to church more than they go. I give more than they go. I serve more than they go. So I'm not that bad. And it causes us to be hypocritical and self-righteous. And we think that, you know, it can excuse our faults. 
And self-righteous people actually commit the same sins as other people and have the same problems. They just do it in a different form. You know how we sometimes excuse our own sins? We relabel them. We call them different things. I'm not a gossip. I'm showing concern. You know, I'm not critical. I'm discerning. We say things like, I'm not lazy. I'm just mellow. You know, I'm not negative. I'm realistic. I'm not unrealistic. I'm flexible. You know, it's been well said that many people think they have a clear conscience when really they just have a bad memory. We forget our faults and we forget our mistakes and what we've done, but we're quick to point them out and everybody else. And we think that judging others can cover up our own faults and mistakes and sins. And that that's why we do it is what Paul says. And God doesn't grade on a curve. And Paul's saying, don't think that pointing out other people's faults puts us in a privileged position that excuses our faults. You know, my mom used to always say, when you point a finger at somebody else, there's three pointing right back at you. So why do we judge other people? One reason is to excuse our own faults, to try to cover them up. Here's another reason why we judge other people. If we're honest, it appeals to our pride. We become judgmental and critical because it appeals to our pride. Slander is seductive. It captures our curiosity. I mean, you look at the best-selling tabloids are the ones that have the most dirt on somebody else. You know, there's money in the muck to be made. Proverbs 26, 22 says this, gossip is so tasty. Oh, how we love to swallow it. We love it. Our pride loves to have a little something on somebody else. And being, being able to sh- share a story first before someone else makes us feel important and that we got something on them, some dirt. I like the way one, one uh, writer said, he who throws dirt loses ground. Quick way to lose ground in your relationships is throw dirt. And I think there's different degrees of, of slander and judging. You know, judging in the first degree is where someone just comes right out and says, let me tell you what I think about this person. And they just come right out with it. As Christians, we're a little more sneaky. We're a little more clever. We, we commit judging in the second degree. We say things like, hey, I want to share this with you about this person so you can pray for them. <laughs> Got to be careful with that. You know, in our small groups, we, we usually have prayer times. But if we're not careful, prayer time can become gossip time if we're not careful. There's just something about hearing that someone else has fallen that appeals to our pride, makes us somehow feel better, and we become judgmental. So if we're honest, why do we like to judge? It excuses our faults. It appeals to our pride. Let's answer another question. How do we stop playing God and judging? By answering this, why should we not judge others? Why should we not judge others? Let me give you three reasons right here from this passage in James chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. We shouldn't judge others because, first of all, it's unchristian. It's unchristian. Verse 11 says, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother judges his what? His, his brother. Uh, three times he uses this word brother, brothers. What's he talking about here? He's talking about judging other Christians. Christians judging other Christians because we know that we're all part of the family of God. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? We're in the same family. And he says it's unchristian to be taking shots at people in your own family. And being critical and being judgmental. It's unchristian to do that. You know, when our kids were little, they they loved to pick at each other and tease each other and call each other names. You say, pastor's kids do that? Oh, yeah, they do it well. And sometimes they'd be picking at each other and and, and they call each other a name. And we'd say, wait, wait, wait a second. Stop doing that. You know, we're a family. We need to stick up for each other. We need to love one another. Listen, it's hard enough to live in this world today. There's enough people that are going to put you down and make fun of you. It ought to not happen in your own family. 
And the same is true in the family of God. James says, listen, we're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. This should not be a place of, of judgment and criticism and self-righteousness. It's a place where when someone falls, we should pick them up. Amen, church? We should pick them up. We could, should encourage them. Sometimes we say a, a statement, you know, help a brother out. That's what James is saying. We need to help a brother out. That's, that's one of the things I love about this church. And I don't, I don't tell you guys enough how much I love this church. I love Orchard Church. And, and I know a lot of you love this church. And, and I think one of the things I love about this church is it's not a nitpicky church. It's not a, very, it's not a judgmental, self-righteous church. You know, that, that I know that the majority of you, that you, you're happy to see anybody come here no matter what they're going on in their life. You're not, you're not here to pass judgment or condemn them, but to love them and extend Christ's grace and mercy and love and forgiveness to them. And that's the way it, that's the way it should be. I tell people all the time, you know, you may have come in here today, been invited by somebody or came in as a guest. And you may, maybe this is the first time you've been in church in a long time or ever. And you might feel like, I don't belong here. You know, I know what I've done in my life and I've messed up and my life is a wreck and my life is a mess. And you may feel like you don't belong here. Can I tell you on the behalf of all of our church and Jesus Christ, you absolutely belong here. Amen. Amen. You absolutely belong here. This is not a place of judgment. This is a place of love and grace and, and, and mercy. And, but when we pass judgment on other people, it's, it's unchristian. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. That ought to be our attitude. I heard about this one Christian. He uh, went up to his pastor and he said, uh, hey, pastor, you, you've been talking about spiritual gifts. And I, I've got a gift I want to share with you that you, you need to know about. And the pastor said, well, what's that gift? He said, I have the gift of criticism. <laughs> and the pastor said, well, you might have that gift, but it's not one of the gifts of the Spirit, I can assure you. It's from another source. Uh, you, you know what's interesting? The word devil in the Bible comes from the Greek word diablo, which means to slander. It means to be judgmental. It means to be critical. The devil's number one activity is to slander and accuse and destroy God's people. And so we're most like the devil when we're judging others and passing opinions and judgments on them. We're actually doing the devil's work when we gossip and we slander other people. You know, Revelation 12.10 says that, that Satan is the accuser of God's people. Let's not fall into that trap. It's unchristian. So why should we not judge others? It's unchristian. Second reason we shouldn't judge others, it's unloving, James says. It's unloving. Look at the second part of verse 11. He says, um, he speaks evil. Well, I'll just read the whole verse. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. He says, you're breaking the law. When we judge other people, you say, what law? Is it is illegal in the United States to judge someone? Am I going to get a ticket for that? Am I going to be put in jail? We're not talking about civil laws. We're talking about God's law. And James has already talked about this law. What's the law we're breaking whenever we judge other people? It's, it's found in James chapter 2, verse 8. We dealt with this a few weeks ago. Just go flip over there to James 2, 8, maybe a page over in your Bible. And notice what James says. If you really fulfill the royal what? Law, the royal law, according to the scriptures. And what is the royal law? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. That's what James is talking about. That when we are critical and judgmental of other people, we're breaking God's royal law. What's the royal law? It's the law of love. It's not loving. It's unloving to pass 
unjust judgment on other people based on our opinions. We're breaking God's law. And sometimes we say things, yeah, but it's just words. They'll be okay. They'll forget. That's kind of like when you watch these TV shows, you know, and, and maybe there's a courtroom scene. And somebody's given a testimony and they say something the other lawyer doesn't like. And the jury hears it. And everybody in the courtroom hears what they say. And the, and the lawyer says, wait, strike that from the record. And they can strike it from the record, but they can't strike it from everybody's minds. The jury has already heard it. And they're going to form an opinion. And our words and the things we say can, can hurt other people. So why should we not judge others? It's unchristian. It's unloving. And number three, it's unjustified. We shouldn't judge other people because James says it's unjustified. It's not our job. It's not in our job description. It's God's job. Look at how he says it in verse 12. There is one lawgiver. Notice it's capital L, lawgiver, who is able to save and destroy. Who are you? Who am I to judge another? James says quit playing God. That's not our job. You heard the statement, who died and made you God? That's what James is saying here. There's only one lawgiver. This, this word lawgiver is found six times in the Old Testament and only once in the New Testament. It's right here in James. And all, every time, all seven times, it's referring to God. God is the lawgiver. God is the judge. God is the one who makes the rules and holds people accountable to those rules. I think one of the weaknesses of a lot of Christians is we tend to generalize people for one mistake that they make. We, st we tend to lock them into a state of sin because they, they made one bad decision. They committed one sin. And they, we start passing judgment on them. You know, we, somebody makes a foolish mistake and now they're a fool. Man, I'm glad that people don't call me a fool because I've made foolish mistakes in my life because I've made some foolish mistakes. Anybody else with me? Say yes. But sometimes we, we see somebody make one mistake and we lock them into this state of sin and we pass this judgment on them that they can't get out of. You know, maybe somebody goes and they, they have a drink and they drink too much and they, they, they get drunk one time, they make a mistake, and then we go, oh, well, they're a drunkard now. You know, somebody slips and says a cuss word, oh, they're a potty mouth. And, and we can lock people in this state of sin like we're God and we're not. We're not. It's, it's unloving, it's unchristian, and it's unjustified to play God in people's lives. Why should we not judge others? It's unchristian, unloving, and unjustified. Let's answer another question. When is it wrong to judge others? According to the scripture, I'm going to give you six times. We'll hit these quickly. Six times that the Bible says it's wrong to judge other people. And this will really help us to stop judging, stop playing God. It's wrong when you practice the same sin. What right do I have to point out somebody else's sin if I'm doing the same thing? Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 2. You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you're condemning yourself. For you who judge others do these very same things. And we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does such things. What's he saying? Quit playing God. God's going to take care of this. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? It's wrong to judge other people when we're doing the same thing. You remember the story in the scriptures where Jesus is, uh, is there, and, and they have this lady that has been caught in adultery. And, and the Pharisees, man, they love to judge people. And they came, and they grabbed rocks, and they were going to stone her to death. And Jesus shows up on the scene, and he says, okay, hey, hey, hang on. Before you throw stones at this lady who's committed adultery, he who is without sin, if you, none of you have sinned, then you go ahead and throw the first stone. And what did they all do? They started dropping their rocks, and they all walked away. 
said, you don't have, have a right to judge this lady. It's wrong to judge others when we do the same things. Very hypocritical. Now, here's another time the scripture says it's wrong to judge other people. When it blinds you to your own faults. When it blinds you to your own faults, it's wrong to judge. And Jesus told this, this parable in, in Matthew chapter 7. You know, sometimes people think that Jesus uh, wasn't humorous, that Jesus never told jokes. Actually, G Jesus told jokes a lot. Uh, he, Hebrew humor is humor by exaggeration. And Jesus tells this story to make a point about judging, and he actually tells a joke if you know what to look for, because he uses this exaggeration. And he says in Matthew 7, 3, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log, a telephone pole, sticking out of your own? And when he would have said that, they probably would have laughed, because that, that's Hebrew humor. And the disciples probably went, oh, that's a good one, Jesus. Yeah, that's crazy. And he uses this in illustrations. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck that's in your eye when you can't see past the log that's sticking out of your own eye? And then what's the next word Jesus says? Let's say it. Hypocrite. hypocrite. Nobody likes a hypocrite. First get rid of the log that's sticking out of your own eye. Then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck that's in your friend's eye. We need to stop being speck analyzers. It's wrong to judge other people when, whenever you're just trying to cover your own faults, is what Jesus is telling us. Here's another time it's wrong to judge. When you only look at outward appearance. It's wrong to judge other people when you only look at outward appearance. Jesus said in John 7, 24, look beneath the surface, not the outward, so you can judge correctly. You know, we can be so guilty as Christians of judging people based on their clothing and based upon their style and based upon their hair and the color of their skin or their ethnic background. And, and that's wrong. It's wrong to judge people only by outward appearance. Um, one of the things we do here at Orchard Church, we've been doing for several years, is when we have first-time guests at our church and they give us their email, we thank them for coming and we send them a guest survey and we ask them, Hey, what did you like most about Orchard Church? You know, uh, what impressed you? Is there anything we could do better? And it really helps us when people give us those things. And last week, just last week, a man came to our church. He filled out the survey, and, and he asked, it asked, what did you like most about Orchard Church? And here was his answer. He said, I love that it's a casual church, and people don't judge you based on what you're wearing to church. Don't we all love that about Orchard Church? Man, we're just come as you are. We're not judging people on outward appearances. We're glad you're here. And if, let me just say this. If you're offended by Broncos jerseys at church, probably not the church for you. I feel like I'm going to a Bronco pep rally every Sunday when the Broncos are playing. And, and that's great. We're like, yeah, it's fine. C come that way. Now, now, on a serious note, let me say this. We need to not judge those that come to our church in Raiders jerseys. <laughs> Trying to keep it real. Listen, the last thing in the world that Raiders fans need right now is judgment. They need prayer. They need mercy. They need encouragement. They're like, oh, and nine. Come on. So when you see a brother come in with a Broncos or a Raiders jersey on, just love on him. He needs a lot of love right now. Don't need to be judging. Don't need to be judging. Here's another time when it's wrong to judge. When you decide before hearing all the facts. Don't you hate when people make a judgment about you and they haven't heard all the facts? Nicodemus brought this question up because everybody was wanting to judge Jesus. 
You know, they had all these opinions about him. And, and Nicodemus in John 7, 51 asked this question, and it's a rhetorical question. He says, is it legal to convict or judge a man before he is given a hearing? And the answer is what? No. Don't judge before you know all the facts. Every story is like a pancake. No matter how thin it is, there's two sides. There's two sides. I would say there's three sides. There's your side, there's my side, there's God's side. We need to make sure we don't judge before we know all the facts. Let me give you an example of this. Hello? How much are they asking? Well, that's a lot of money for a deck. Well, I hate to tell you this, but you're getting robbed. Did you hear me? You're getting robbed. are coming in the Facebook I get more Facebook posts about cat stuff because I'm always picking on cats but don't judge before you know all the facts here's another time the scripture tells us we shouldn't judge we shouldn't judge when you base spirituality on external religious practices we shouldn't judge when we base spirituality on external religious practices Paul said in Colossians 2.16, listen to this, it's very clear. He says, so don't let anyone judge you for what you eat or what you drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come and Christ himself is that reality. Wow, I mean, there are a lot of Christians and churches that judge people based upon exterior religious practices well if you're going to be spiritual you you can do this you can't do that you got to do this you can't do that and that it's wrong to judge based on these things and i say this all the time if you're looking for religion you have come to the wrong church because we are not about religion here at Orchard Church. I am not, this is not a religious church. I am not a religious pastor. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And there's a big difference. And we, we should stop judging people based upon external religious practices. You know, what, what Paul's talking about in Colossians is judging based on diet and, and drink and days. You know, we have people in Orchard Church that have different views on, on, on their diet. You know, we have some people here who are, are vegetarians. They like vegetables. There's some people who are, who are, are vegans. There's some people at Orchard Church that are like me, that like a good steak. Can I have an amen? Okay. But don't be judging. Listen, I like, I like meat, beef. It's what's for dinner, you know? But I, I, don't judge me because I like meat. I'm not going to judge you because you like your veggies. That's, that's fine. You know, we, we can, as Christians, judge people based on drink. You know, I've said it over and over. The Bible is very clear. We'll call sin, sin. Drunkenness is a sin. 
There we go. All right. Y'all leaving me hanging. Come on now. Drunkenness is a sin. The Bible says that. But I don't believe the Bible absolutely forbids alcohol in moderation. Now, some people in our church choose to have a social drink from time to time. Some people choose not to drink at all. And we need to not judge. We need to leave room for liberty in Christ in that area and not judge each other based upon whether we choose to or we choose not to. You know, some people as Christians, they judge people based on days. You know, well, you can only go to church and worship God on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You know, anything other than that, it doesn't work. Saturday doesn't work or another day doesn't work. Or, or we, we judge people, you know, about the music style. Well, you know, if you're really going to be spiritual in your church, you've got to have this style of music. You've you got to have these instruments. You can't have these instruments, you know, or, or what people dress. There are people that think, you know, that allowing people to come to Orchard Church just how they are is wrong. And there's other churches, you know, you've got to wear this. You've got to wear that. And, and, and Paul and James, they're all saying the same thing. Don't be judging people's spirituality based on external religious practices. It's not about religion. It's about relationship with Jesus. You can check it out later. Romans chapter 14 is all about this. You know, we have liberty in Jesus Christ. And aren't you thankful for that liberty? But liberty doesn't mean we have a license to sin. There is a balance. Here's another time when it's wrong to judge. When you question people's motives. It's wrong to judge when you question people's motives. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4, 5, So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns, because that's when he's going to make the final judgment. For he will bring our darkest secrets to light and reveal our private what, church? Motives. Our private motives. He'll bring to light. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. You know, Paul's motives were constantly being questioned. And he says, we have no right to judge people's motives and try to figure out, you know, whether their motives are right or wrong. I'll just be honest. I have a hard enough time sometimes figuring out my own motives. Anybody else with me? Let alone to judge somebody else's motives. Let's leave that to God. We need to stop judging. We need to stop playing God. And those are six reasons in the scriptures when it's not right to judge. So we've answered why do we like to judge? Why should we not judge? When is it wrong to judge? But very practically, let's end with this question. How do I break the habit of judging others? I want to give you three practical things to remember that will help us to stop playing God and stop judging. Number one, remember I will be judged by the same standards that I judge other people by. I'm going to be judged by the same standards I judge other people by. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, Jesus said, Do not judge others, and you'll, be, and you'll not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you'll be judged. i got to be honest with you guys. I read that, and I go, oh, and I'm in trouble. Because there's been times in my life that I've passed judgment on people, and then I wonder, why does it come back to me? I'm, get, I'm going to be treated the way I treat other people. You, you know, I remember when our, our kids were little, and th this happened several times, but I remember one particular time our son Caleb got in trouble for something. I don't even know what it was. And, and so, you know, we were talking to him about it and, and what he had done, and we're trying to decide what his punishment was going to be. And his little sister, Caitlin, who's two years younger, came into the room and realized her older brother, she calls him Bubby, was in trouble, and she had a big smile on her face. Because Bubby was finally in trouble. And then she decided to instruct us in the punishment that she thought he should get. She said, he needs a spanking. He needs to be grounded. You guys should take this and that from him. And I mean, she was just passing judgment, telling us everything we should do to him because he was in trouble. And we turned and we said, well, Caitlin, is that what you want us to do to you next time you get in trouble? No. <laughs> but we do that. 
We pass judgment on people, and then we wonder why judgment comes back on us. And we need to remember, we're going to be judged by the same standards we judge other people by. We need to be careful with that. Here's another thing we need to remember to help us to stop judging and playing God. Remember, I'm accountable to God. We're all accountable to God. That will help us stop judging other people. Romans 14, 12 says, yes, each of us will give a personal account to who? To God. To God. So let's stop judging each other, Paul says. You know, this happened to me, has happened to me several times. I think I've told this story before, but I want to tell it again because it fits. You know, every once in a while, if I get to go play golf, as this has happened several times, maybe my father-in-law and I or a friend in church, we'll go play golf. And they'll want to put four of us together to play. And so it'll be me and, and someone else that I know. And then they'll pair us up with a couple of guys we don't know. And so we'll, we'll tee off, you know. And inevitably, the other two guys we don't know, you know, they'll hit a bad shot. And, you know, oh, you know, and they're F-bombs coming out of their mouth, everything else. And I'm just like, okay, all right, you know. And this happens for several holes. And then we'll get like on the fifth or sixth hole, and people start going, so what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? Then they'll ask me, what do you do? And I go, I'm a pastor, church here in the community. And immediately they're like, oh, like, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I've been in the, usually they, they like drop another, you know, word right there. And then, oh, no. And they try to get it back. And I always say the same thing. Hey, hey, it's okay. You don't answer to me. I'm not God. And that's a great reminder for all of us. We answer to God. And you know how God is going to judge people one day? He's going to judge people based upon truth, on God's words and the facts, not opinions. That's how they're going to be judged. Our, our knowledge is superficial, but God's knowledge is complete. Amen? I mean, he knows everything. Well, we are subjective. He's objective. We need to leave the judging to God. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad there's some things in this life I don't have to figure out. And I don't have to decide I can just leave that up to God and let him sort out someday. Because sometimes people ask me, you know, say, is this person saved? Is this person a Christian? And they'll tell me things about their life. And I'll say, well, I'll tell you, this is what the Bible says and what you need to do to put your faith in Christ. But I'm not going to say, I know that person is saved or I don't know that person is saved. That's God's job to decide that. And God will let us all know one day. So we need to be careful how we judge how do, how do we break the habit of judging others? We need to remember, I will be judged by the same standards that I judge others. We need to remember, I'm accountable to God. You're accountable to God. And then third thing we need to remember is how much God has shown mercy to me. You want to stop judging other people, quit playing God? You need to remember how much God has shown mercy to you, to me. James 2.13 says this. It says, There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. We already read in James, mercy triumphs over judgment. James says, If Christ has shown me mercy, I need to show others mercy. You know, there's a parable that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 35. You remember this story? There was a master who had a servant, and the servant owed his master like $50,000. And he, and he couldn't pay it back. And he, and he begged for mercy from the master because the master could have him arrested and put in jail because he wasn't paying his debt. And, and the servant begged the master, said, please forgive me of this $50,000. You'll give me time. I'll pay it back. I can't pay it back right now. Please show mercy. And the master showed mercy on the servant. And he didn't have him arrested. He didn't put him in jail. That same servant had a guy, a buddy of his, that owed him like five bucks. 
And he goes to the guy and it grabs him by the throat and he's like, you owe me $5 and I want it now. And the guy begs for mercy and he's like, no, if you don't pay me my $5 right now, you're, I'm going to have you arrested. You're going to prison. The same guy that just had mercy for $50,000 wouldn't show mercy for five bucks. And you see the point that Jesus is trying to make. We're supposed to be merciful to others to the same degree that God has been merciful to us. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's a whole lot. That is a whole lot. I need to remember to show mercy. Mercy is the opposite of judgment. I need to be merciful to others because God has been so merciful to me. I need to be patient with other people because God has been very patient with me. He continues to be patient with me. I need to be loving to others because God has been so loving to me. And I think the honest truth is the longer that we're saved, the longer that we're a Christian, the more challenging it is to not be judgmental because we forget where we came from. We forget how much love and grace and mercy and patience and forgiveness God showed to us when he saved us. One of the things I love about this church is that as a, as a general rule, this is not a critical, judgmental church. This is a church that has a lot of love and a lot of grace and a lot of mercy and willing to accept and help anyone. And I think one of the reasons for that is because we have so many new believers here at Orchard Church. We have, you know that we have people that accept Christ every Sunday. We got people getting baptized right and left. People that are finding new faith in Christ. And for the first time in their life, they're experiencing love and grace and mercy and forgiveness. And it's fresh in their life. And so it's easier for them to extend that to other people and not be judgmental. I am grateful that we constantly have baby Christians here at Orchard Church. And we can learn a lot, church, from new Christians. Because they show a lot more mercy and love because it's so fresh. And I think for those of us that have been saved a long time, it's easy to forget where we came from. Isn't it? It's easy to forget and be judgmental. And be critical. Let's all remember how much God has shown mercy to us. And then we will be able to show mercy to others. And we'll stop judging. And we'll quit playing God. Amen? Amen. Let's bow for prayer. As we reflect on this message this morning. If God has spoken to your heart this morning about James' message. And you know that you need to quit playing God in some of your relationships. And quit being judgmental. If you would say, you know what, would you pray for me, Pastor Doug? Because I want God to help me to show mercy to others like God has shown to me. And I, I know that sometimes I can be too critical. I can be too judgmental. I can be self-righteous. And God has spoken to my heart today. With heads bowed and eyes closed, can I pray for anyone like that this morning? Would you slip up your hand? God bless you. Hands everywhere. God bless you. Mine's with you. It's so easy to fall into this. God bless you. Let me pray for all of us this morning. Father... Help us to remember that mercy triumphs over judgment. Help us to stop playing God. Help us to quit judging other people based upon our opinions instead of your word and your truth. Lord, help us to remember that we're accountable to you and others are accountable to you. Help us, Lord, to, to remember the mercy you've shown us so we can show that mercy to other people, God. 
Help us to remember that the same standards we set for others will be set for ourselves. Lord, help us to extend love and grace and mercy and forgiveness and patience like you've extended to us. Because when we do that, we are displaying what you've displayed for us, a Christ-like attitude toward others. Help us to apply that to all of our relationships today, to our marriage, with our kids, with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with our boss, with our other relatives we're going to come in contact with as we approach the holiday season. Help us not to be judgmental. Help us to quit playing your role. And we know that will help all of our relationships. Well, that's bowed nice closed. If, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I've got some great news for you today. God doesn't offer you judgment today. God doesn't offer you condemnation today. He offers you salvation. He offers you his mercy, his grace, his love, and forgiveness. Jesus already took your judgment on the cross 2,000 years ago. He took your sin and he paid for it. And today he offers you salvation, eternal life, love, grace, forgiveness. Now, if you reject that, one day you will face his judgment. But why would you want to do that when he has given his life to save you? And so if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, would you accept him today into your life? Would you accept his grace, his love, and his mercy today, what he did for you on the cross? I want to lead you in a prayer of faith that you can pray from your heart to God's right where you sit this morning. It's not a magic prayer. These aren't magic words. But if you put belief and faith behind it, Jesus Christ will come into your life and be your Lord and Savior today. If you're ready to, to do that, would you pray this prayer with me? It goes like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for me, for my sins, to take my judgment. Jesus, come into my life today. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I accept your love. I accept your grace. I, expect, I accept your mercy, and I accept your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and allowing me to be part of your family. Thank you. And with heads bowed, nice close, nobody looking around for just a moment. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but if you just prayed that prayer of faith for the very first time to invite Jesus into your life, I, I personally just want to pray for you that you would grow in your relationship with Jesus from this day forward. Would you just slip up your hand real quick? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Just slip it up. Put it down. Several hands. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I prayed that prayer of faith. I meant it. I accepted Jesus today. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for all those putting their faith and trust in you today, God. Thank you for extending the same thing to them that you've extended to so many of us. Your grace, your love, your mercy and forgiveness and redemption. And may we that have experienced that Extend that to others so that we can stop judging and we can start loving more, being like your son, Jesus. Thank you for their decisions. We pray that they would grow in the grace and knowledge of you in the days ahead. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate decisions for Christ this morning? Amen.
if, um, if you made a decision to accept Christ this morning, please let us know about that. Just check the box on the connection card uh, so we can continue to pray for you. If you're a first-time guest today, thanks for joining us as a first-time guest here at Orchard Church. If you filled out your guest connection card, you can drop that in the offering bucket when it uh, goes by. So we just send you a little thank you note and a gift in the mail. Uh, thanks for being here today. Let's stand. Let's close in a response of worship and worship through our giving. God bless you guys for being here today.